Morning, everybody. Good morning. We're going to, this way we can get started. Um, I'm going to start out in Psalms 3 and then we begin set the atmosphere for the presence of the Lord. Uh, I, I heard something this morning on my way in. Um, I'm kind of excited about this, but I heard the Lord say to me, brace for impact. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh. So brace for impact. Psalms chapter 3. David is writing this psalm more towards the end of his life. Uh, And it says in particularly when the, the Absalom's rebellion was going on. And the, uh, the the nature of what was going on in the kingdom of God in regards to Jerusalem in that day and the, the movement to derail the move of God or to, to change the course of, of God's movement in that geographic location of Jerusalem. And this is what David, this is what he penned and wrote during that time of, uh, of, of that rebellion. Lord, how numerous are my enemies. Uh, many have attacked me, and, and many say about me, God will not deliver him. Another way to say that is there's no deliverance. There's no deliverance coming, and many were saying that. Uh, many people were saying this about uh, Actually, the king of Israel, king of Judah, many were saying that God will not deliver them. And this goes along with what was being uh, proclaimed by Stephen last week. But, but he says, but you, because David had come to know this, and so have we. And we must know this as we enter into this place. But you are a shield. Now, he doesn't say, he doesn't say that the army is a shield. And he doesn't say Joab or Amasa or, um, he doesn't say uh, finance. He doesn't, he doesn't put it in that area. He doesn't say your banking system. He doesn't say all my friends, all the relationships I'm in. And I, I really believe the Lord wants us to know this deeply like he did. And I believe the Lord wanted David to know this 
in his hour, but he says, you are my shield. Now, Abraham, Abraham will pronounce this in Genesis uh, 15. He'll say, the Lord is my shield. So the Lord is the shield that protects you. He puts a protection around you. The Lord himself is your shield. Sometimes, like, unless you've been placed in a situation, and I'm sure everyone in here has experienced this, but when you're pushed out into an environment or um, a time in your life where you have no way to get protection and you feel defenseless, and all the defenses might be down and you can't take care of things, you might wonder, like, why did the Lord lead me this way? But the Lord wants you to know Him as your protector, your shield. He said, the Lord is my shield. I love this too. And He says about the Lord, and we don't normally think about persons like this, but... He says, you, the very personhood of God, is you are my glory. And then he says, he's saying this, he's saying that you are the source of my honor. If any honor is going to be bestowed on my life, it's going to come because you're the source of that honor. And in, if you're going to have any honor, even in the sight of other people, it's going, he's saying that he's completely dependent on the Lord for honor and protection. And I love this too because he says um, also, you're the one who brings restoration in my life. Another translation, y'all have heard this, you're the lifter of my head. So you're also the one that lifts up my head so that I can even... I need grace to be able to look at you. So even if, even if no matter what you're going through this morning or you've been going through, even if difficult circumstances come all around you or they have in your life, Lord, you're my shield. You protect me. Lord, you're my, you're my place where I receive honor. And Lord, you're the one who lifts up my head. You're the one who restores me. And then he says this, he said, I cried out to the Lord. And he answered. And um, maybe you have questions this morning. I think as all human beings, we have questions. Sometimes, like, people feel like they can't ask God certain questions, but I would invite you this morning to ask Him the question. Maybe you have a question that's in your heart and you need an answer. Well, He says that I got all this confidence in the Lord, and I know that if I ask Him a question, He'll answer me. And I'm telling you, I've seen Him do this so many times. I ask Him one question one day, He answers it. So he says, I, I have this confidence that if I have a question, I can't get an answer to it. I'm going to ask you this morning, Lord, I have a question. 
And he says, I know you'll answer me. And then he rested and he says, I, I slept. And so rest comes over his soul. And he says, and I, I realize that I could wake up for the Lord will protect me. I am not afraid anymore of a multitude of people who attack me from all directions. And he says, rise up, O Lord, and deliver me, my God. And, and yes, you will strike my enemy on the jaw. And you will break the teeth of the wicked. The Lord does deliver. And you show favor to your people.
call to me, come to the river, come be a tree. Draw us, 
draws past ourselves. Jesus draws past all these politics. Jesus draws past all our fears and insecurities. Jesus draws higher and higher. We want to soar with the eagles, God. We want to soar on the prophetic words of your mouth. Oh, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to war. Teach us how to worship you. Oh, draw Draws, draws, and I could waste my breath singing and shouting all my praise, and I could waste my strength dancing, dancing to your name, and I could.
to the fire. 
At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you, you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent. You revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son decides to bring revelation to, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest for your soul. Take my yoke on you. And learn of me. I'm gentle, says the Lord.
Judges 5. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinion, sang this victory song. When the leaders took the lead in Israel, and the people answered the call to war, praise the Lord. Hear, O kings, pay attention, O rulers, I will sing to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord God of Israel. O Lord, when you departed from Seir, when you marched from Eden's plains, the earth shook, the heavens poured down clouds pour down rain the mountains tremble before the Lord the God of Sinai before the Lord God of Israel in the days of Shamgar son of Anath in the days of Jael caravans disappeared and travelers had to go on winding side roads warriors were scarce scarce in Israel until you arose Deborah until you arose as a motherly protector in Israel so God he chose new leaders and new fighters appeared in the city gates but I swear not a shield or a spear could be found among the 40 military units in Israel. And my heart went out to Israel's leaders, to the people who answered the call of war. Praise the Lord.
Judges 5, 24, the most rewarded of women should be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. She should be the most rewarded of women who lives in tents. He asked for water, and she gave him milk in a bowl that was fit for a king. She served him curds, and her left hand reached for a tent peg, and her right hand for the workman's hammer. She hammered Caesarea, or Caesarea. She shattered his skull, she smashed his head. She drove the tent peg through his temple. Between her feet he collapsed and he fell limp and was lifeless. Between her feet he collapsed and he fell limp. In the spot where he collapsed, there he fell limp and was violently murdered. Through the window she looked. Caesarea's mother cried out through the lattice, why is the chariot so slow to return? Why are the hoofbeats of his chariot horses delayed? The, the wises of her ladies answer, indeed. She even thinks of her, to herself, no doubt they are gathering and dividing the plunder. A girl or two for each of the men. Caesarea, Caesarea is grabbing up colorful cloth. He's grabbing up colorful embroidered cloth, two pieces of colorful embroidered cloth for the neck of the plunderer. May all your enemies perish like this, O Lord. But may those who love you shine. Like the rising of the sun at its brightest. And the land had rest for 40 years. fall before before the fall when God when he made heaven and earth when he put heaven and earth together when he studied in the Hebrew it says that he pinned together the heavens and the earth or he hooked together the heavens and the earth or he fobbed the heavens and the earth and he placed them together as one or so that they would not be separated and after that, he placed man and woman in the garden. <clears throat> but after the fall, the vav, you don't see the vav, the hook is removed. And when we came into this place today, and in for some time, and the Lord called this ministry Collider, and he said to me years ago, I want to bring about a geographic center where heaven and earth collide or heaven and earth are hooked together or another way to put this is where it is vobbed um, and here we are in Eden land and the word said go all the way back into the garden 
through reformation because I will bring about a restoration. And we went back through and we heard the word of the Lord some months ago, where are you? Because man becomes spatially dislocated when the perspective is not from the heavens. We don't know what to do with ourselves unless we have the perspective that comes from the Father. Man and woman have lost themselves. And while we were worshiping this morning early on, he said, uh, look through the lattice. I look through the lattice and I said, oh, I don't know what you mean, Lord. Look into the lattice. Look through the, the, the barrier into the heavens that... Hebrews 6 talked about it. Go beyond the veil, right? To the order of Melchizedek. Uh, Job spoke of it. He said, I abhor myself. Now my eyes have seen you and I repent in dust and ashes. He, he began to see what heaven's reality was in the earth. I said, Lord, what are we doing here this morning? He says, well, it's time to fashion the tent peg and slam it into the, like proverbially speaking, like into Caesarea, into the temple of the mind. So that we may apprehend and know what heaven says. Job said there was a fire over his head. There was an awakening in the mind that allowed us to know. But not know by the intellect or even know by our feelings, but to be led by the Spirit and to know the Spirit. Um, Caesarea means, to some extent, means to run like a swift horse. idea I believe is the idea is that we wouldn't get ahead of the Lord or behind with the Lord but we would be now in the present reality of what the Lord is doing from heaven's perspective and we would take on like he said learn of me I am meek and lowly we would take on dependency and then we would never get ahead of him or never lag behind because we right now We'd be given the mind of Christ to know what heaven says. And while the Lord is doing this with you, I believe in your families, he's also wanting to build a geographic atmosphere of the heavens for this area and for our nation. And we're, in a way, responsible sharing with a stewardship here this morning to agree with the Lord the heaven will collide with earth and there will be a hooking and what was lost in Eden land and what was lost in the ashes the Lord would raise up a remnant a royal family 
all throughout the land. Speaks of this in Isaiah chapter 22, 22. You know this verse. I, and I will give him what? The key of David, right? But when you go to 22, 23, he said it. He, he says something to the extent like this. I will make him as a tent peg or a pin uh, him in place. So speaking of Elikim, I will pin him in place or I will make a, a pin. I asked the Lord, I said, what is that? He said, well, you use pins geographically now for your households, right? And I said, yes. He said, well, like a parcel identification number. Paul called it this. He said, we live and move and have our being in him. Jesus comes into Galilee and he's in an open heaven. And everywhere Jesus goes, the very presence of God goes, everywhere he goes, he is the parcel identification number of the Father. So if he goes left, there's the Father. And if he goes right, there's the Father. If he goes forward, there's the Father. And if he goes backwards, there's the Father. And everywhere you see Jesus, you see the Father. Because the pin's in place. The connection of heaven and earth. There's no more disconnection. The Lord didn't mean for this for us. He didn't mean for us to be disconnected. But he's into connection. I mean, He's into the relationship with you. He's into the storyline that he has making. He's into the double predestination that he has determined. And, and what we want, what we want from you, Father, is that we, we come into an agreement with his desire and his longing and his story. And now we make history because we become into his story. See the vibe. I can't know by my mind necessarily or by my emotions. I know by you. I know you by the Spirit, Lord. He knows us by Spirit. Are you Spirit and in truth? Caesarea was the commander of Jabin of Hazor's army. Do you know Jabin of Hazor? Do you know this? Did you know Jabin's name? It means like wise one or discernment. Did you know that when Joshua began to take the conquest, they took the southern campaign, they defeated nine kings, but when they came into the northern campaign, one man stood up with another 21 kings so 22 kings his name was Jabin of Hazor I believe I believe I'm correct on this and they made a uh, confederate uh, alliance against Israel 22 uh, basically 22 kings did and the Lord showed me this years ago he said I'm going to take my people through the 22 ladders to the sapphire throne. 
like he did John. And he said, you'll ascend up through the letters. They're the waypoint guide to the sapphire throne because in the Revelation 4, he said, come up here and I will show you what must be hereafter. And John was caught up into the second, into the third heaven. He was caught up. Paul was caught up. They went by way of these 22 letters. And these 22 letters were all allied under, in, in the kings, they were all allied under one king, Jabin of Hazor. Again, his name means discernment or wisdom. Some word, what is that? He said, I, um, I'm going to restore the mind. I mean, I'm going to restore you by the Spirit so that you would know me and you, by light. And you would, and because in the Word of God it says later on, John wrote this, he said that, that we would be like him. When we see him as he is. We need your perspective, Lord. We we need the perspective of the Father. Y'all know in the conflict realm, in the conflict realm of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in the judgment realm, And Caesarea was giving Israel a problem. The commander of Jabin of Hazor, who was the united front against Israel, Caesarea, he was still giving Israel a problem even after the conquest of those 22 kings. And Jael had to make a decision to put a tent peg through his mind. moving in the spirit always walking in the spirit always living in the spirit always in the spirit always no more disconnection no more disconnection Lord always an open heaven over you always an open heaven over you always no more disconnection I don't want any disconnection God of the valley. You hear that? He's God in your homes. He's God with you in your car. He's God when you're alone. He's God when you're with everyone else. He's God. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. You're the majestic one, Lord. disconnection full connection I want full connection I want to be connected to my father night and day 
In the bed at night, when I wake up, I want full connection. We want the mind of Christ. Lord, grant it, make it be so that we would have the perspective of the Spirit, the mind of the Spirit, the mind of heaven. Cause us to see you like Job saw. talking to Kara this week, I, I told her, and I, I think you can attest to this, you see best when you rest. Sheep hear, but kings see. You see best when you rest. You know what I mean by that? There's like this confidence that he's got it. In anxiety, you can't see. It's like in fear, it, it keeps you from seeing and anger and all these other things. But when you're just absorbed into the very rest of God, and you're fully dependent, you're walking in meekness, all of a sudden, eyes open. There's a path that no man can know by his own intellect. It's a path of wisdom. It's a path that has real meaning. It's a path of the open heaven. It's the path of intentionality. Lord, where are you at? I want to know you. I want to know you. I want you. I want you. Show me how to turn aside to see you like Moses did. Help me not to take every day as trivial and be familial. Help me to turn aside and see. Help me not to live by the flesh, Lord. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. Remove it out of our life, Lord. Cause it to see by the Spirit. Open up the clarity of light and illuminate our understanding, Lord. Teach us how to acknowledge you in every way. Teach us your ways, Lord. Help us not to just seek your acts, but to seek your way, to be known by you and to know you. Yes, Lord. I hate interruption. I don't want to be interrupted anymore. Between me and you, Lord. I want your presence all the time. I want to know you by revelation, not situation. 
I don't want to have to be beat around to try to find my way back to you. I just want to walk with you in the cool of the day. I want to live 365 years like Enoch. I want to live 969 years like Methuselah. I want to know you by your spirit. This place is not my home. You are, Lord. Your very presence is my home. I find my home in you because I want you more. I want you more than even my own life, Lord. Amen. I want to say something here about um, what I don't believe that you can presuppose God. And so I want to say this to bring some clarity because a lot of people say, if I, Lord, I want an angelic encounter, or I want an encounter like that. And I would highly suggest to you that you don't do anything like that I I, I want to say that because I, I don't know if some of you deal with that but um, I have heard that before like if I could just have an encounter like that person or that person I would somehow be known of God and I want to um, not like a warning but just tell you don't do that um, let me give you just an easier way uh, and I've, I've taught this up here, but just go blank slate. <laughs> and you say, what does that mean? I mean, get in the presence of the Lord if, or stay in the presence of the Lord. And just wait on him. And be mindful that he is more than likely trying to speak to you. That he wants to communicate with you. And he is really into it. And he has really cool way of speaking to you in a way that you would know that he's talking to you. But be very mindful of, of that 
So first of all, I was saying this earlier, I've learned, and I'm not saying that anybody, like, don't do it this way, but when we were kids, we used to knock each other out unconscious. And uh, that's, don't ever do that. But there's a way to, like, go unconscious. And when you come up from your unconscious state, you forget why you're unconscious for about 30 seconds to a minute. You should just blow me away and wake up on the ground. I'm like, why am I here? And then 30 seconds, a minute later, I'm like, oh, that, my buddy knocked me out, <laughs> you know. And they're all kind of standing around. You're just laying there. And that's the best way I know how to describe my relationship with the Lord. I, I, I seriously, if you go and you're in the presence of the Lord and you have the same mind that you did going in as you do coming out, you haven't interacted with him yet. I just, I had to learn this word, cut, I cut my teeth this way of interacting and going into other places with him. I had to learn to let go of everything. And there's a lot of things that are vying for your attention all the time. It is possible. I'm experiencing this more and more in my life. It is possible to what I'm saying today, to live in the spirit all the time. In a way, you're disconnected from, some people say, that person is disconnected from reality. But really, you're in the most reality when you're present with heaven. You really are because heaven is reality. Heaven is the reality. Every other thing is probably like a mirage. But so many people have tr trouble with this. But, but, I, but, but let me tell you, first of all, don't seek an experience. Seek the Lord. And it's wild. Once yourself, once you just move away from your circumstance or your experience or whatever, you move away from it, your soul will rest. It's like this peace and repose comes over you. And then he shows up every time. I kid you not. Every time the Lord will show up. And here, here's another thing. When he does, don't discount his communication to you. Because some people say, oh, you know, that was so different and odd. Don't discount that. And I suggest also, I, not everybody's like this and maybe with their mind, but I keep like a visual log or I'll, I have an Evernote file. And I will track the encounters and watch them and see if they match. And I... I I used to teach my interns this, like, if you have an encounter with the Lord like this out of rest and you know, oh, man, he, I, I think he's speaking to me, hold that, hold that note. And usually you can do it as a bullet point. Don't make, I mean, some of you may be more poetic and write paragraphs. That's fine. But I bullet point mine, and I'm like, when I bullet point it, it takes me into a multi-level paragraph in my own mind, my own understanding. And then I wait on the next encounter. And what will happen is you'll go through a process with the Lord of he'll have you move in faith. And then you'll move with him. And then next thing you know, you'll, you'll go through a death and burial and a resurrection. And then there'll be light will come to you. And when it does, when you move into rest, take that information and connect it to the next and see if you begin to pick up a history with the Lord. This is how I learned to relate to him. 
And it's been very helpful. And, and then, I, then I started like building multiple notes within my Evernote file. Like I have, I, have, I have an encounter with the Lord through one whole entire history with him in one section. He's encountering me on a completely different subject in another section. Now I started picking up separate files with different encounters and I connect them. Now I've heard that some people learn how to write music that way. They've written books that way. They've... Um, I heard someone tell me they wrote movies that way. Um, the creativity of the Father is coming to you. And take that creativity and begin to like massage it and work with it and watch the story unfold of your life. But don't count those things as one-offs and just dismiss them. Um, you'll know when you get encountered by the Lord. You'll always know, but it, usually you will know after the encounter. Like, my experience is with him, the encounter will come, and then all of a sudden you'll be aware of the encounter. Like, almost like you're another person that's encountered him. Um, so the Father will bring the encounter outside of time. The, the Lord brings this parenthetical, an explanation. And the Holy Spirit, it's like this... Effulgence of joy comes from the encounter, and it's like the Trinitarian God comes in and communes with you. Um, okay? Like, really get a hold of this if you're not already. And take, and listen, uh, also, kids, like this, there, there's no junior Holy Spirit, you know, for your life. And I've been encouraging my, my, our family, like, don't dismiss like when the Lord comes in and moves uh, like if you seek him you will find him if you knock the door will be open but there is a intentionality on your part the only thing is Lord make me aware the Lord wants to talk to you and commune with you and again don't dismiss him and don't try to get into someone else's encounter the Lord will never do it that way. He's so particular and very connection. He wants to connect to you very particularly. And, uh, and I think that, it, at least for us, it's the most exciting thing. It's like, oh, he, he encountered me. I, I remember last year, St Stephen, you know, he was, you were having like multiple encounters with 4321, right? Is that right? And then, and, and one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then, the, and then, man, I teared up so much when Stephen, because I felt this way about him, but he writes me one day, he's like, it's Isaiah 43, 21, right? And the Lord had been speaking to him for all this time, just from a different way. And one day it like hits for you, right? And, and it says in 43, 21, I made you to praise me, something like that, right? And I was sitting there when he texted me and my tears are pouring out of my eyes because I, like, love him and believe who he is. But until the Lord, like, really, really got a hold of him with that encounter, you know, just he had to have that encounter. It made a big difference in your life, right? Get a hold of the Lord, and it's amazing. He will, he will come in and, and meet you like... 
in multiple different ways. Like in your, in your family relationship, he'll meet you in your workplace, your creativity with your workplace. He'll meet you with friendships and relationships. He'll meet you in so many different ways. He's so profound in his understanding of who he is. And he is amazing. And um, take time for that. And you don't need to get into like beat yourself down to like get into that. Some people struggle with this really bad. I did. The Lord had to like give me a word and tell me to go pray. Because I was military trained. If somebody told me to do something, I was kind of like, and I was daddy trained too. You know, yes, sir. And that's how I learned how to pray, because it was like a yes, sir, for me, because uh, military train. But I, the Lord had to deal with me like that, because I wasn't going to do it. Because I thought it was the biggest waste of time there ever was to go spend time with the Lord. I have things to do. You know, nobody would really say that, but anytime we're not, like, pursuing him, that's really the way we think. Yeah. You know, I got, that's what our heart's saying, but... He told me, man, and I remember I went out in the woods, and I sat for one hour. I, rem- I mean, remember the place and the spot. I sat there for one hour, nothing, nothing. And finally, I go into, like, this repose, and I give up. And I'm sitting there, and it was right when I'm like, oh, I felt this kind of, like, letdown. Not like I'm let down, but it's like you take a deep breath. And I'm about to get up, and the Lord speaks to me right there. And he says, don't go, please. And it is the most sweetest spirit. And I said, that can't be you. That's you. And he says, hardly anybody wants to hang out with me. And I said, who are you? I I had no idea he was like this. He's so like, it's like a little child that's 10 million years old. That's the way I know the Holy Spirit. He's like this, but he's like 10 million years old. He's the wisest child. <laughs> and he's so careful and really careful. He comes up really softly, gentle, and he says, please don't leave. And I mean, I, I, and I knew, I mean, I've, I knew. Oh, and then this just relationship began to blossom. And I was like, oh, it's you, Lord. Uh, one hour later, I mean, that was a small thing, but you know it was an hour just to get my mind to calm down because the mind's just, you know? You understand? I got to get this done. We got to get make this happen. This is, this is, and the Lord's like, let the whole thing spool down. The emotions had to spool down. It's like this calmness, don't talk too much you can go ahead and say all your prayers you need to say and then wait make all your requests known to him if you need to go ahead but then wait and then wait and then wait and then calm down and then there he'll be every time that's how he is amen let's take an offering lord thank you so much for meeting with by the Lord pretty early and he said I want you to change course just for with the ministry just for um, and I I don't know how many weeks this will last but he wanted me to turn course a little bit 
and come back off of Luke, out of the Luke 4 that we've been in, and take a little space here and with you. And I'm hoping, I mean, we'll have this recorded because there's going to be a number of people I know that will want to hear this that aren't with us this morning. But to take a little bit of space over the next maybe few weeks and describe or give you some of the material related to the vision and mission of this ministry. Even starting next week, I'm going to have this uh, filmed uh, so that the word will go out. Uh, and we got, I've got some... Uh, Jacob Lothers, who works uh, for Tommy Osherman, is working on some editing of the videos that we did at um, Vanderbilt uh, Hunting Cabin. And those videos really tell the backstory on this ministry, and they're going to go out um, on a YouTube channel. And this has been a real long process with this, but you know, I've got five more to record, and then we've got a few more podcasts to do. And we're going to really uh, advance the word of what's going on here out. I'm just now really getting the permission and the agreement of the Father to begin uh, to advance the collider out into a broader spectrum. He has not really allowed that much um, until now. And, um, and I really believe that this word, is going, this word that I'm going to give you just a small presentation in is going to help connect the dots a lot. I, I've been listening. I've listened quite a bit to a number of prophetic voices that that I have a lot of confidence in in the body of Christ, and they're saying so many similar things to what we are in this house are doing. I, I tell Kara, I was like, if you take that one and you take that one and you take that one, you connect that one, it connects to what I believe the Lord is is, is saying here. And um, not that, I'm not saying we have the whole story here. We don't. We're a part of a family, a, a global family that has all of our stories come together. But I believe, I'm just like, I keep hearing this. I'm like, that, that connects the dot to that dot and that dot and that dot. And I, and I feel the Holy Spirit telling me I, I'm ready for this to go out. And I'm like, okay. And I've been, I'll be honest, you need to ask Henry. I've been very resistant to that. Um, uh, of really letting anything go out of four walls. And we did the podcast, and that's this is actually in over 50, I don't know, 60, 70 nations now. The podcast for uh, what's called Rise of Clasternaut, or the Galactic Progeny. And so what I want to do this morning is um, <clears throat> just give a little bit of a backstory and then give you some scripture references for you to uh, work with and engage with, okay? <clears throat> because what we're doing here, it is in the Word of God. And I'm really big on this. I believe that we should be in the Word, and it should match with what Scripture says. And um, first off, let me pray, and then we'll go into this for a few minutes, and then, and then we'll be dismissed this morning. And then I'll really stretch this out. Uh, over the next uh, coming weeks. Lord, I, I ask you for wisdom and clarity. I ask you that what is said would, <clears throat> would just have a coherent thought process with good transitions. And it would make sense and that we could connect as a family of, a, of, that, of yours 
the family of affection, Lord, and I pray that we would um, grow together through this and that this perspective that you have on end times would become a part of the, our engagement. I, I also ask you, Lord, that this people under the sound of my voice that have found themselves involved in this storyline with you would uh, rise up into their gifts and callings and really come to maturity. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that has um, these beautiful gifts in them and the love that they've brought into this atmosphere. I pray you just bless them and uh, pour out your spirit on them to be used by you in this in this end time. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this storyline really starts with me as I'm interrupted into a dream, and I never had a spiritual dream in 2003. And I've told this dream before, but I was in, I was a pastor of a little church that was like one of those little white churches you see that dots the landscape. And uh, I remember looking down at like yellow locust board with uh, it was curved up on the ends and it was clean. It was like tongue and groove and there was no dust in it. And I thought, this is unreal how clean this church is. And number one, I'm not a pastor at this time. I'm flying jet aircraft uh, and doing simulator work over the Gulf of Mexico for air-to-air intercepts to go into the F-15 Strike Eagle as a weapon system officer. And so, uh, it's, you know, I had to be up at like 4.30 or 5.30 that morning to, to go in and fly. And, and I'm, so I'm in this dream, right? And there I am in this little church. And I look out this window that's to my left. And I'd been putting down a lid on a white box. And I look out and I see this man. He's like 10 foot tall or more. And uh, he's resolute. He's looking, walking down a hedgerow of trees. I look at him like perpendicular to him. And I'm immediately struck with terror. It's not afraid. I've been afraid a lot. And I've never been really terrorized. But it was terror. And I don't, it's like another advanced level of fear. And he's walking down that hedgerow of trees. And he's coming around. And I know there's a people in this little church. And I have to go out and protect these people. And I'm going to go out the door to protect them. And so I go out. And his abdomen's like that wide. And uh, I see his abdomen because it's right in my eyes. And I began to hit him with all my might as hard as I could, wore myself out, uh, put my head down for the blow. I know if this guy hits me on top of my head, I'm going through the ground. But I'm like, I'm going to do everything I can to protect these people because I'm their pastor. Now, again, I'm not a pastor. I'm an aviator. And I didn't want to be a pastor. I had no desire. I watched what dad went through. I was like, I'll never be a pastor. If any vocation, I I don't want to do that. (laughs) I put my head down for the blow and nothing happens. Dad said, you always look a man in the eye. And I'm like, and I mean, I am terribly afraid. And uh, so I look up and there's his eyes with fire like diamonds in his eyes. He's looking down at me. He knows my whole person, pre-creation, the end of my life, everything. And love's just like going in and out of my being from his eyes. Some most loving eyes. They're fire with diamonds. I don't know how else to describe it. Like lightning in his eyes. Beautiful, beautiful eyes. 
I'm just sort of transfixed in the dream, and he says, I'm the Holy Spirit. Um, he says, go forth and show my love. Show my love and tikkun alam. Boom, dream's over. I'm out of my dream state. I, I'm like really shook up, you know. Well, I'm that morning I go in. I don't even know if we had Google then. Well, I think we did, but I mean, there was other kind of search engine platforms and stuff. And I go in, type in tikkun alam. And in short, it's a Hebrew phrase that means to restore. I find out later from some Hebrew guides and things, it means restore, like this idea of restore all things. So the Lord, I, I receive like a call by the Holy Spirit. He reveals to me himself as a warrior. He's a massive warrior. Uh, it's interesting for me throughout the years that I had to go out of the church. The, the little church wasn't where this was happening. It's also interesting to me that I thought it was my duty to beat up the Holy Spirit. I didn't recognize him at all as God. And I was terrified of him. Well, this is a long story, but it leads us to a little mountain house in Saluda. The Lord gives Carol a word, Exodus 26, 30, set up the tabernacle according to the pattern which is revealed to you on the mountain. I'm going to tell that story in a video. It's called the gold standard. That video will come out, and it's the eight-point pattern of the Melchizedek order. I received it. It took 17 years for that pattern to come into my understanding. In this house, we're engaged in this pattern because we take finance in this house, and we sow into that pattern. 17 years on that mountain in the darkest time of my life, that pattern's revealed through darkness. I see, I see the pattern of God. The word says, like, twist the letters. And I twist them and they say, in Hebrew, and they say, Milky Way. And he's like, you found the base pattern I created a human with and I created the cosmos with. I discovered it. I think it's one of the most profound things. The Lord talk, tells me this pattern will lead to the glorification of men. Engage the pattern because the new wineskin is the restoration of all things and the glorification of men. The new wineskin is not in the four walls. Let me just say this, even though we're in four walls. The new wineskin is you and, and me being transformed, transfigured, That's the new wineskin. Let's not, let's, so I tell this kind of storyline in the podcast. You can listen to them in Galactic Progeny. You can listen. It's, um, let me just fast forward. That was 03. We go into about 09. I'm sitting there in the snow. Manasseh is about to be born. I'm extremely frustrated. We've been through a lot of hardships. Karen and I have. It was really miserable. Honestly, I was crying. I was sitting down at my little desk. And all of a sudden, like, into my understanding is downloaded the human soul. And the Lord said, this is how I created a human soul. And I, I didn't know this at that time, but I received uh, the design of the human soul. Now, what I spoke of earlier, later on, I'll receive the pattern. Because there's a design and a pattern. 
And the design, I find out two years later in 2011, when MZ Hop began, has 12 phases. The Lord said, call them phases. They're not chapters. They're not. I was like, okay, and we call them phases. And he, he starts out like, you know, phase one, Shulamite prototype. He gives these kind of odd language. And he said, you'll see here in the end times, the Shulamite will come to maturity, the bride. But this is, I'm going to bring the bride forward, but I'm going to show you the phases of the development of the bride. It's in the human soul. And then anyways, he begins to break down each uh, phase to me over some time in 2013. The Lord comes to me in prayer at the YMCA. I'm sitting there on a Monday morning, he says, um, I'm going to kill Adonijah. And I, man, I didn't know who Adonijah was. And this was kind of thing. I, I looked up the name. It means my master I am. And he says, I want to kill every master-slave dichotomy in the human soul. The Lord said, I will not have the leadership in the church, in government, in education anymore. I will not have people master over people. No, I'm done with it. And I'm not going to put up with it in you. And I was like, oh, you know, ow. And he said, because I won't have you to be this kind of person. And Adonijah, I don't know if you know this, but he was at, he, he tries to usurp Solomon's place and take his place at the succession between David and Solomon. And that's a really interesting story. They don't mind Adonijah trying to be king. What they mind is when he goes and messes with the Shulamite. And the Lord's like, don't mess with my bride. You cross a line when you mess with a man's woman. Right? That's just like where you cross a line. And he said, I don't care if you go around acting like you're a king and you're, all these people are in charge because the Lord knows who's in charge. He is. He just said, don't mess with my bride. Don't master over them. Don't lord over them. Don't do that to my people. I, have, I do not like that. You know, he said, I'm going to kill Adonijah. And um, because there's a succession coming. There's, there's a global transition happening. that's happening. We're in the middle of it. Right now, there's a millennial reign coming, a thousand-year reign, and we're in the middle of a transition of government. And the Lord's going to transition over everything over. I mean, it's going to be transitioned over to Him. The rightful king of the universe is coming down to Jerusalem to set down at His feet, and you and I are a part of this. I mean, we are deeply a part of the very return of the Lord. Um, he said, oh, you don't believe me. The Lord said, you don't believe me. I was like, if the Lord says that, it's true. <laughs> and he said, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to kill Nelson Mandela so you'll know I'm talking to you. And he was dead three days later. He said, because this ministry that you have, I'm giving you a stewardship of, it will be a global ministry, and it will represent me on a global scale. And you don't believe that? And I said, no, nah, I don't. And he said, you'll see, and he'll be dead. And three days later, that man was dead. And I said, oh, man. And I said this to the Lord. I said, what are you talking about? 
And he said, pioneer for a glorified body. I mean, it was as internal audible as anything I ever heard. And I said, you're going to use human agency to bring about the glorification of man? He's like, haven't I always used human agency? I was like, yes. It just never occurred to me that the Lord would give us stewardship of glorification. Like that, because, and that it was necessary for his return. Now, let me, let me give you this out of Acts 321, because um, Jared DeRitter, and I appreciate you saying what you did a couple weeks ago, but he said, I was listening to some of the podcasts, and I'm, he's starting to make connections, and he said, you know, that Acts 321, I never, I'm paraphrasing you, Jared, but, you know, I never seen it that way, but I can see what you're saying, because this is the way the Lord began to, like, help me to cut my teeth on this and understand it. Um, well, he says, it says, let's, let's just go back a little, bit, a little bit in context, but it said in 18, and so God has fulfilled what he foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, would suffer. So repent, like change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret, past sins, and return. Repent and return. I've, I know you've been hearing this from the prophetic voices, or this repent and return to the Lord. He says, um, the return is happening, the return of the remnant. Return to God. Seek his purpose for your life. I was going through that with you today, right? So that your sins may be wiped away or blotted out, completely erased. Seek the purpose of God so that your sins may be blotted out. So the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Because I like this, this translation, the Amplified, it says, I want to restore you like a cool wind on a hot day. That's like that sea breeze that you feel when you go to the beach. It's the heat and then the winds coming in off of the, over the land, you feel that nice breeze. It's the best feeling. I want to restore you like that. And that he may send to you Jesus, the Christ, who's been appointed for you. Now heaven and earth must keep him, or this is the language here, keep him is the language of retain. The Holy Spirit's like, shares this with me, shows me this in the word, the Lord himself is under a retainer. It's a legal term. If you understand legal terms as it relates to a retainer, he's under a retainer. He can't come out of the retainer until something happens. The father knows this time, but this time is determined. He's under a retainer. He can't come out of a retainer until something happens. Listen to what it says. This is what the Word of God says. This isn't what Carol Jr. says. Until the restoration of all things. <laughs> now, God promised this, it says, through his holy prophets from ancient time. 
This restoration of all things, ancient time, Malachi 4. And he will return the heart of the Father to the children and the children to their fathers unless he comes and smites the earth with a curse. Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, here we speak of glorification, is transfigured in Matthew 17 with his disciples, Peter, James, and John. He comes into transfiguration and then he comes out and it scares the living daylights out of them. Notice what Peter wants to do. Same thing I was into. God's not in the structure. Hey, let's build for him a tent, you know. We'll put one over him, one over Moses, which represents the law, one over Elijah, which represents the prophets. We'll put, we'll put a tabernacle over them. We'll put a little church over them. And, you know, the Father thundering out of the heaven says, what? This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Hear ye him. You can't, you can't build anything that can contain him. Because God doesn't live in temples, what? Made with man's hands. Some of you might, you know, like in our, my personal life, the Lord, for years, it's been 17 years out of this, to basically tie your hands behind your back because nothing of this work can happen because a man put his hands to it. I'm not going to let you. Hands behind your back. This has been very uncomfortable, I have to admit. Especially if you have the ability to do things. And, well, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing da 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 Hands behind your back. Because God cannot dwell in a temple made with man's hands. It can't be done at all except it's done by faith. Everything must be done by faith. But Jesus tells them after Peter says this and they're all on their faces after that. He tells them, hey, don't speak about my transfiguration until the resurrection. People are not going to understand this. And I'll tell you this, um, people will not understand what I'm saying right now unless they've come into not the doctrine of resurrection, but a life of resurrection. You can't understand me either. With this material, people can't understand this unless... Because you can't just embrace the doctrine of resurrection. You're going to have to learn what it means to resurrect in your life. Because you move through death and burial and then you need God. Then you'll be like, oh, oh, it's not a doctrine of resurrection. (laughs) You'll have some experiences where you had to like find the ram caught in the thicket because there was no other way out. You've had some experiences in this room where Isaac had to be placed on the altar. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You lost everything just to say yes to him. Those people, that's a remnant that will understand this message. Jesus says, don't talk about it to a bunch of other people because they can't listen to it until I'm resurrected. Then you can tell them this, or he says this, Elijah's coming and he's going to restore all things. It looks like to me that this was a big deal to the Lord. You you guys have been a part of ministry. Spirit of Elijah, right? Coming on the end time. End time church, spirit of Elijah. 
Elijah's spirit in the Elishas. This end time messengers and message that's going to that's about to be released on a global scale. The Lord's been making this promise to us from the mouth of the holy prophets, even all the way from antiquity. So even like before, you know, early time and now later time and then outside of time, God is saying this was the purpose of the Father And I I want to just say it like this. To have an expanded family that looks like the sun. And when we engage with him, and and let's just stand together, and and I'll close it here. But when we engage with the Lord, like he's saying, hey, repent, turn to me. And return to me, come to me, and I want to give you the purpose of your life. It's for the purpose of restoration. And yea, this great end time move of God will bring the restoration of all things. And watch this. We'll meet him in the air, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. And the way I kind of got this is, is... We're coming up while he's coming down. We meet him. I thought, Lord, like this is going to be like microseconds. Like. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give the guy the first of the day the same amount at the end of the day. I'm like, I, okay, Lord. And he's, I, I, um, I'm going to glorify man. He's going to glorify his church. You're going to put on a new body. The way I understand this is the human, your, our human body is upgradable. Our, our, the soul can be restored. Every time you choose to follow him and choose love and follow him, all you're doing is perpetuating his return. You're hastening the day of the Lord. In your private life, in your public life, give yourself to him. Um, because a king is going to be brought out of retention and this is this is this ministry that you're sitting in this is our this is this has this call and it has a commission to fulfill this before the Lord and um years ago the Lord's like don't worry about if they understand anything you're saying just go with me just go with me just go with me just go with me I'm going, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to do this. and um, So, like, thanks for signing up. something so unprecedented that will give so much honor to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to get our King back, that we would run towards Him. And it feels like this sometimes, like, you're running, it's like, you know, it's like, oh man, get back up, 
tears are flowing. You get hit, you get hit left and right, but just get back up and go after him again. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because he's going to split the eastern sky. I didn't understand it. I was, when we were down in Pensacola and I had this like other sort of closed vision and we were flying up into the heavens. And I mean, I knew none of this. Flying up into the heavens and, and there's the Lord. We're in the heavens like saluting him. I was like, job is complete. Like the Lord deserves all the glory and all the honor. And we get to be privileged enough. And I do not know, last night I was sitting at that wedding, sitting there saying to myself, I don't understand why you, I don't, I don't get this. Why couldn't you pick somebody else more noble and had more things going for them? I don't understand. I don't understand, Lord. Like, I'm nothing. You know, I'm feeling that way. It's just crowding in down on me because, I don't know, like, when you're peeling off shame you're just peeling off another layer and another layer and another layer and you're just that we're loved by the Father that He loves us and you've been chosen by Him for us to come together to finish this course for the Lord 2,000 years just to run as hard as we can. I was trying to have my ears open to the Word uh, last night, and my little boy, Leandry, comes up to me and says, he says, uh, Dad, you're 125 years old now. And that was like the best news I'd heard. Because, you know, Enoch was 365, and man, he got translated. And I'm like, oh, Lord, we're like one-third of the way there. Like, let's get this thing done. You know, if we could just get it done. Lord, bring about the restoration of all things. We agree with you again today. Pray over the next few weeks. We pray that you connect dots, Lord. Just connect dots. The days of the ironic order and all of that are just over with in the church. And the church is going outside of the little white buildings, Lord, to meet you. This isn't something that we can do out of our own strength or all our might. We submit ourselves to you again today. It's not by might and it's not by power. But it's by your spirit, says the Lord. And I pray grace grace would pour down over your people and all our family lord our global family we just bless them today that are standing for you lord thank you for this front line lord people that are in this room right now that are signing up to commit themselves to you Uh, through the journey and through through everything that they've been through lord just pray you just bless everyone here today and comfort their hearts. And Lord, that we could take one day at a time and one step at a time with you and we don't have to be overwhelmed that this is something that you and only you can bring to pass. But you said it and you will fulfill it. Amen. If you want to come forward and we'll have communion together.
the word he took the bread like I hope that we could have never had otherwise I mean listen to the glory of this that he was broken for us so that we could be close to him and we could have never had this it's like the greatest, greatest, greatest honor to give to him that we could never have this. And yea, even more, he, he longs to change our whole body into a glorified body to give us a way to interact with him even more so by light. A glorified man, glorified woman to change us, to transform us. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the glory of the Lord is revealed in this too, that he would not just leave us broken or broken for us. Do you see that when you go through a broken place and you're just like cracked and you don't know what you're going to do, the Lord says, I got something to heal all that. I'm going to give you my blood. I'm going to pour my blood into your wound. And in your place, I'm going to give you my very own nature. I'm going to give you my divine nature. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord, again. We get to worship you again, and we get to honor you again, and we get to praise you again, that again and again and again and again for all eternity. We will bless your name. And, Lord, we want you, King of the universe, to govern this earth. We want you down here with us. We want you to take over. We want you to have your perfect sovereign right. And we say it to you. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.